Welcome to We Only Talk Hockey podcast, a podcast where the title is the description. Let's begin with the Oilers in the North. I want to start with the North. And the when they how they beat the Jets and how they played, it really stands out. I mean, of course, Connor McDavid, again, impressing. He might win the Hart Trophy again. He might win almost like the triple crown equivalent in hockey where he leads league in points, assists, goals. So I'm looking at how the Oilers won against the Jets, won that series, won both games. And I'm trying to think, what do they, like, what do they, what else do they need? Like I was, the impressive thing is the Jets are the good team in, in the North. One of the, it's basically a big three right now. We'll get to that in a minute. But the Jets have a good team with good defense. And the way that the Oilers have figured out how to beat them, especially at the blue line, where McDavid just McDavid has that speed, Dry Settle has that speed, and they just they just beat them at the blue line. I'm trying to think of like what it like I guess how how they were able to really expose the Jets was is that it? Because they also like won defensively. They what they played really well defensively, and two like what do they need like what do they need to do to like put them over the top? Because I feel like we we discussed the Oilers last week, and it's like what else do they need to do? So personally, I uh, I do think their win against the Jets was impressive. Um, I just, however, it might be the fact that you know history is. Uh, it is clouding my mind. They've looked real good for years and things just kind of, you know, fall like, apart for them when they hit the playoffs. But um, like, they're one of those teams that until they prove that they can win in the playoffs, you're not going to buy in. Yeah. Um, almost. I'll give this example from a couple years ago. Um, prior to the Penguins two Stanley yeah, cup wins. I was thinking, um, in between 09 when they had their last cup appearance and when they won again, it was cool. They might win a series or two, but something always went wrong for them in the playoffs. It always just seemed like they got to the playoffs and it was meh. Um, It was partly um, for some reason with Pittsburgh, those last couple of years, flurry was a little disappointing in those, in those last several playoff series and Matt Murray took over for that first cup run. Um, So I don't know. It just feels like until I see it, I'm not going to believe it. Um, But the division is full of people who I'm not inclined to terribly believe in, in the playoffs though. That's part of it. You've got Toronto. You've got Toronto who's been killed themselves several times, but. But part of it is, is, that when you look at them from a mystique standpoint, you look at Toronto and you look at also arguably all the teams in that division, you could say, yeah, none of them are going to make it that far. When I look at the Oilers from a team perspective, how they're built, I, I always think you can't win when you're devoting too much of your cap room to two players, which they are. They're devoting a lot of money to McDavid and a lot of money to Dreisaitl. But you look at what they've done to juggle around the cap you look at how Darnell Nurse has played. They've 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 given him a decent contract, but he's he's playing at a great level this year. You look at Adam Larson, who they traded for Taylor for Taylor Hall. How he's played this season, he's having a very good season. 
And you look and usually it's like, oh, well, McDavid leads his line, Drysaddle leads his line, but the defense struggles. This year, Darnell Nurse, Adam Larson, you look at some of the players that have contributed on the end, it, it really, I just, it's, that's part of when I look at the Oilers and like, how do, how do, like, what is it that's going to stop them this year? Is it just mystique or is there like, is there issues on the roster that are going to be exposed when it comes to the postseason? So my thought processes from seeing them is, and it's a little similar to Toronto, but not as much because they have two players. They have both Drysdale and McDavid, but like how they beat the, the Oilers, it was very much a fast break game. It was a get a quick out out of the zone and have McDavid or Drysdale beat them with the speed. Over a seven-game series against a single team, that is a very tough style to play series after series after series Um, because it's a lot of these games back-to-back against the same team and people start to get little things or whatever by game four or five. And that's why I personally that believe that's why you see certain series swing because one team has a certain skill set, but it's figured out by games four or five. So that's really where I look at like this Jets series. That's why I think that the past two games when they beat the Jets kind of matters in that sense. So, cause they're going to probably, they might play the Jets in the first round, but not the second round. Like the, they're the type of team that they have to face. And the Jets have, they don't necessarily have a good defense. They have a young defense. They have a defense that likes to hit, like they, they can beat you down in the zone, like beat you on the boards, hit you on the boards. And they like to, and they just, they're not a fast defense, but they are just a bit, they just feel like a bigger D they play big, even if they're not, they play big. And I actually think that's what the Oilers advantage against Winnipeg is. Mm -hmm. They have two, they have multiple players with speed offensively. And I don't necessarily know if a slower defense can overtake that, but I do think they could beat a team like Toronto, who's really only yeah. got Austin Matthews. I think they could hit well, Mitch him. Marner also. Yes, but overall, if you Mitch Marner, if you hinder Matthews, I kind of think Mitch Marner, not all of, but I think a good amount of what Mitch Marner is is Matthew <laughs> is playing Matthews but yeah I, I don't know it's it's interesting because they do look better their yeah, defense looks better their defending looks better and that was that was my question mark because I think that they took advantage of is where teams in a series just tend to good defenses tend to rough up good scores they just they just hit them on the boards they're not afraid they may take a few penalties but they're not afraid to hit you on the boards they hit you off and so, and that's where I kind of saw that. And I'm like, that's a mini playoff series. That's a series that like has a telling it's telling in that sense. So I kind of want to shift gears in that shift gears. Well, before yeah. I just wanted to add, so you mentioned it's like a mini series, it's two games, which is not nothing to laugh at, but we have seen several times, especially over the last several years, when the game's getting faster, mm-hmm. you see some teams win early when the first two games or win two out of the first three and series yeah. flip as the series goes along. And, but and that's kind of what I'm thinking is that, is that going to be their problem in the postseason, where like they play the a team like the counter to that is the counter is they play each other eight times this year. Normally mm-hmm. you only play a division team four times. 
And I think that might actually aid them in the playoffs by playing the Jets eight times during the regular season. But we'll have to see. They play them nine or ten because of the the fewer teams. It's all it's a whole big mix up. But it's the same theme where it's like they're going to they know they're going to every team's going to know each other a lot by the time the postseason comes. And then finally they play a different division in the final four and they're going to have like really not much intel on them. So just sticking with the North a bit is we mentioned the Oilers mentioned the Jets and when they both played each other, it felt telling because they're like two of the big three Maple Leafs. So the other team in the big three, who is that final team? Because it really feels like those three teams are pulling ahead from the pack. Who's that final team that you really just see can back their way in and make that fourth spot and potentially pull an upset if they make it in. Cause once you get in, you could pull that upset. Yeah. So I don't even know if I would call it backing their way in. Um, I would call it developing as the year goes along. Um, I think Montreal, honestly, I know they're currently in the four spot and that's whatever, but like a lot of people will say Vancouver, but Vancouver is 35 points and Montreal is 37. Vancouver has played five more games than Montreal has. So, so it, it, it's not really a two point gap. It's a much more significant gap there. And I've actually liked what I've seen out of Montreal this year. And I think they could pull an upset. Um, I think the one team they have zero chance against in that division actually is the, uh, is Winnipeg. Um, You're talking about the Canadians. Yeah, I think that's the. Mm-hmm. I think if they match up, if something happens where they end up matched up in the first round with the Winnipeg's, it's over with. Could be wrong. Things happen every year. Yeah, but well, I think once you get in, you have a chance. Like once you're in, it doesn't matter who you who you match up. You, like, I mean, this it does a little, but like, you have that. Re- you have a real fighter's chance. So I mean, I hear I hear Montreal. I think it's very interesting when I contrast Montreal with Vancouver, and Calgary is kind of that team that like. I, I think we both discredit a little just because of like how their roster is built and what like some of the underlying question marks, but like you look at Montreal and it's, you have the goaltenders there. You have Carey Price, you have Jake Allen, you have the pieces in place, but like we kind of saw the team max out and then take that, that dive, which cost the Julianne's job. My big question with, the Canadians is just like how deep is that roster really? I think I feel like they got off to a hot start, but it kind of like took advantage of some teams were figuring stuff out. Whereas we kind of saw the best early on and then, and teams have seen their best and it's like, well, what are, what are they going to do? What are they going to add? How are they going to get better? That's what I feel. So I, I kind of want to hear if like you have what you'd say about that. So I, I get what you're saying. They definitely had a faster start. And let's point out a much faster start than anyone expected from this team. Yeah. You know, um, people still thought this team was a couple years away from any real whatever. Mm-hmm. But my thing is, you see that sometimes with newly built teams is they get off to a real quick hot start. People start to figure them out a little. They cool off. Um, and then they start to get more in rhythm together. Um, the question is going to be, can they do that in time in a shortened season? And so I see your point. My only thing is, I think Vancouver, mm-hmm. even if even if they make it in, is not winning a playoff series. So I my... think Calgary 
could slip in the back door. You mentioned earlier the back dooring in. Yeah. I think they could, if something, if, if Montreal continues to fall, and I really don't think Vancouver's got it in the tank, they could slip in. I just don't know if they have the capability to win a series. So my take, my take of Vancouver, this is interesting. I think what Vancouver can get in, I think they actually have the better chance in Montreal, but because, but once they get in, how is their team going to match up? So you look at Vancouver, it's a team that I think had higher expectations entering the season. We all had higher expectations for them. And then we kind of saw some underlying problems. Like Quinn Hughes is a great defenseman on the offensive side, but a struggle on the defensive end. You look at uh, Braden Holtby came in. Everyone had high expectations for him early on. Same with Thatcher Demko. Both have struggled. My thing with the watching Vancouver recently, watching the Canucks recently, is how they've figured how to not not only how to figure out how to juggle like their lines and their 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 shifts, but Thatcher Demko has become the starter and he's become the primary goalie. And they've they've basically said he's he's gotten better as the season gone along has gone along. And with a younger goalie like him, you need time to develop. Once he's now that he's in rhythm, the the Canucks are a better team. Just by by default, they're a better team. So I and, and then you look at their offensive, their shifts, like their lines. That you was originally like Brock Besser and Bo Horvat, Horvat were the only two producing offensively. Now they've basically figured out like who works with who, and how we can generate a better. I mean, it was already good offense, but how to generate a better offense and how to generate a better overall deeper team. So that's so that's where I look at Vancouver. And I mean, I don't know if you have anything that you you. We, we add to that. Yes. So just a little bit. I get what you're saying about Demko. And I understand. Not expected. Or have come to expect from him. But there's one thing that's been very evident with him. When the playoffs come, he can turn it up. And I think having that experience could be good in the playoffs. So I do agree with you in that respect. I just don't know if they're going to be good enough to get in. Um, so it'll be interesting to watch that division uh, play out. Yeah. Uh, so let's so, you go ahead. Yeah. So moving on to the uh, part of the East coming into the season, everyone was talking about it as the toughest division, you know, they're, five teams one's gonna miss it out you know kind of thing everyone expected the team that got left out to be good enough to have been at least the fourth seed in the other divisions um but it has in recent weeks started to look like the flyers are the odd man out there and Mm -hmm. not even by a small margin like that margin is starting to widen um earlier in the year they looked great uh i don't exactly know what their fault like what do you think their fault is that in the last couple weeks they've seemed to peter out and not look nearly as competitive with the other top four teams. So, yeah, when you watch, I think when you watch how they played against the Islanders, that was a three game series. I think was very telling of what both teams had. I mean, with the flyers, I think there were some underlying question marks that some people said could be concerning that are now really being exposed. And the first one was the back end of their defense which is like, you look at their defense, you have Ivan Provorov and Justin Braun, very good defensemen. Both have been playing well. You look after that and you're like, 
some of these guys can become question marks and have been. I think mean, like you look at some guy, uh, some guys maybe like Gossis Bear. Like you just look at the roster after that like top pairing, and you look at the defense. There are question marks. So that was that was like one of the things that you're seeing it get exposed recently. The other problem was early on they over not over overworked, but they basically started uh, Carter Hart in every game. And you just look at their roster now, and they're trying to figure out like, well, can we start Carter Hart this night? Can we start? Um, can we start uh, Brian Elliott this night? This night, and they don't really have that one starter anymore. They because, don't have consistency. And th- th- this season, particularly, we've seen I think goaltenders, good goaltenders, get overworked. Like I think Jacob Markstrom with the Calgary Flames is an example of someone who they started every night. He got overworked. Uh, you just look across the league you kind of have to rotate your goalies and you have to do it in a balanced way because you don't want, if someone's feeling hot, you kind of want to start them back to back nights. It's, it's very similar, like with most sports being a mental game, starting your goaltender. And now we're just seeing it being exposed. Like they just lost four, three to the devils where it was really four, two until the end, the game there, there, there's, there's a lot of problem. Their offense isn't the problem. It's really just how they're allowing goals and, just like there's just there's a few there's a few like one with the goaltending issue and then two I guess really when you watch how they played against the Devils just tonight uh we're recording Tuesday night by the way uh how the Devils and this is just like I'm I'm talking a little too much here but like when the the Devils really attack on, uh, on odd man rushes, that's where they're best. They're best at the odd man rush. Jack Hughes, uh, their speed, yeah, yeah. They their speed game get you on two on ones. Get you so the Flyers coming into that game. Everyone coming into everyone who plays the Devils knows they're a team that wins on odd man rushes. You've got to get back on the blue line. You've got to have those two men there, and you've got to disrupt their their them early on and not give them that space. And you just see the Devils constantly exposing them every, almost like the entire game and getting those goals. And it just speaks volumes to how, like, the Flyers just, they're not there defensively. And and that's, like, that's really been their downfall this year. So that's, like, so. Yeah. So your comments on the goaltending, uh, just yeah. league-wide, about people getting overworked. And I think a lot of people, when you hear that thing, game numbers, and I don't think that's what it is. I think it's. This is a condensed season. It's not just a short season where they said, okay, we're starting from January and having a normal schedule. It's they have shoved more games into this time period than normally would be Uh, with back-to-backs and not even that, just having more games on average a week. And that can be more detrimental to younger goalies or older goalies, people who are at the back end of their prime or leading out of their prime and people who are younger are seem to be having at, spurts of um maybe a little fatigue yeah, um, I, so i, I was actually really thinking that carter hurt what is he 20 he's 21 years old 22 i think this is his second year i think it, last yeah. year was his rookie year but he's like 21 so, 22 most and that's that's something that is in the back of your head like how well he played last year kind of i guess kind of gave kind of gave the flyers a false impression of how good he truly was is because he played great last season and he, it's easy to forget. Yeah, he's 22, and a lot of good goaltenders start coming 
into the league, start making their impact. Very rarely do you have, you have a great goaltender who, like at 21, makes that impact immediately. Yeah, and it stayed. usually takes a little longer. Goalies generally take yeah. 24, 25 is when you usually see goaltenders really breaking into the league. Um, so I do. I, I do. I, um, I, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. I think he has a lot of potential, and I just think they have to be careful about how they try and develop him. Develop him. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because it, when I think when I think about Carter Hart, how he played, uh, he did he did give them a little bit of like a false hope last year because. He made he 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 covered up a lot of issues like the defense, like the back end of that defense, which they didn't know they needed to to address or know it was a flaw. And that's kind of so. We're gonna shift on shift gears to the let's shift to the central. I think I feel like that's the a good shifting, a good shifting point. So, um, so go ahead. Okay, so. I'm, so I'm thinking about the, how the Lightning played against the Hawks. That's like the first thing that I'm thinking about, and how they again swept, how they they played again well against the Hawks. Then they won the Battle of Florida. They won against the uh, they won against the Panthers. So with the with the Lightning beating beating Chicago in those two games, is that more of a testament to how good the Lightning are? Or is it more of a testament to you think like the Blackhawks are like not as good as like as perceived like they're really in the playoffs now, but won't be the next day. So my thing is, I actually particularly think the Florida game uh, were more telling because I think Florida is better. Yeah, Um, I think the Hawks. Surprised. And um. I think it's good. I think it's good that Patrick Kane is getting some more like real competitive play. Um, And I think maybe they'll have a chance next year. I don't think they uh, have much of a chance this year. I just don't necessarily see them falling out of the playoffs, but I don't necessarily see them be very competitive in the playoffs. They could be because you've got Patrick Kane, um, but, and you've got a couple good young players, but I just do not necessarily see them being this team that some people hoped was the return of the Blackhawks. You know, I see, but I also, I don't, I wouldn't even put necessarily a huge weight on the fact that they beat Florida because even though Florida, when we did the podcast last week was at the top of the division, um, I mentioned that I didn't think they were going to stay that way for long. Um, I thought because of the way the, the games were, like how many games they'd played, what was coming up, I didn't think they were going to stay on top. But I do think they'll stay in that three spot. But Tampa Bay has, I personally think, the massive favorite for the Vesna Trophy right now. It's so um, crazy how many awards they should win that they probably won't win. Because like – the. the because we we've given Vasilevsky the Vesna. We've given we've given He's got a below two goals against average. It's it's so crazy. Yeah, he probably will win the Vesna, but like Victor Hedman, arguably the best defenseman in the league. There's just so many of the I mean, when Kucherov played, it was like 
he should he's he should be the heart trophy winner every year. I mean, McDavid also is one of those guys, but like how many trophies they can win every year, they're just because of how well they're built, but probably won't win because voters don't want to give it to them. It, it, like it just so, feels that. I could see that, but that's more of a basketball issue, I feel, than a I mean, hockey yeah, one. A... Um, I, I definitely feel that basketball, but this is hockey. I don't necessarily see that. Um, but especially with the uh with the with the, the Norris trophy, I think they've four people, four defensemen won it over the course of like 40 years, like 30 times. <laughs> yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. The Norris is a little odd, but um I honestly, and I think we talked about this last week, I think it's going to come down to Carolina and the Lightning. Who's going to win in that dog out fight? Uh, Obviously, an upset can happen and happens all the time. But going into the playoffs and from the standpoint right now, it does, in fact, seem like those are the two teams in the division who really have the chops. Um, It is interesting with Carolina because, like, they feel like the invisible great team in the NHL as in like, is in like, they are really good. Like, like not Tampa Bay good, but they are a cup contender. Nobody knows how good they are. Nobody can really see how good that team is. The last couple of years, what was it? Two years ago, I think they surprised everyone. Oh, and played the, (laughs) you know, they were not even that they were doing shite most of the year. And then they started doing this weird after they won games at home, the weird partying and the, and the, the essentially touchdowns. Yeah. The touchdown <laughs> celebrations, but at the end of hockey games. And at that point there was like a change in energy from them, but still nobody really talked about them. And they got to the conference final. Um, they didn't do as well last year, but I think people have been sleeping on them for a couple years now. And I do yeah. think they are very good and definite cup contenders. Um, but yeah, so it's, it is interesting because they, yeah, they have six deep and they have, they six deep defensively. They have a deep scoring offense. They have great goaltending duo. Like they really don't have, and they're young. Yeah. And they're young. And too. they're young. Svechnikov is really young Sebastian I mean, Ajo is not old by any means yeah. <laughs> you know they've got a really young core um I think maybe after this year people might start paying attention to them especially if they end up beating the lightning then they're that would essentially force people to pay attention to them but yeah, I mean it's gonna so based on what it shapes out yeah so moving on to we just want to talk a bit about through this point of the season yeah who do you think basically right yeah pretty much i think we're a little bit past it but who is your heart uh heart trophy winner and the uh norris trophy winner i think we both agreed on the vesna we think it's going to be vasilevsky yeah i think i mean mark andre Fleury is gonna give him a push in the sense like i think mark andre Fleury has a, a legitimate argument and like for how he's played in, in Vegas, but they're going to, Vasilevsky has to win it. I feel like it's almost like it's his to lose yeah. at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. So with the Hart Trophy, who do you think is going to win it? So, I mean, I I assume that it's, it's almost hard to bet, a, to pick against Connor McDavid. Just be, it's, it's almost like at this point where he's reached that level of you want to vote him in every year. And like every time he does something like great on the ice, like that's the greatest thing I've seen a hockey player do since McDavid did it two nights ago. And it, the way yeah. he creates, like, like the the way he can create a turnover and turn it from like 
he'll he'll go on an on a on a rush with just him against four defensemen or really just four opponents and just skate right past them and get it get the puck in the net. Like he could the way he could create individually is arguably better than second to none. Yeah, second to none. Like it what he does, it's it's hard to put into words how well McDavid plays. So I feel mm. like he should just win it again, especially if he wins the goals and assists. I I actually have to disagree, though. Um, I love Connor McDavid, and I want to see him do well in the playoffs, which we haven't yet. But the one thing that is bugging me, that is sitting in the back of my head, gnawing at me, is the fact that Dreisaitl has 50 goals as the number two goal scorer. And he has, he's up, he's, and in points, he's the, uh, what is it? He is the number. Two. Oh, I just. Number two in assists. He's a little further down. I think he's tied at three for goals and it probably isn't going to have an effect. McDavid's probably going to win it, but that fact just seems to stick with me that it's essentially these two guys are atop the statistical leaderboard and everything. And they're on the same team. And I feel like. I don't know if I could like if I would feel good about McDavid winning it this year. I honestly think it. I would feel better depending on how the rest of the season goes about Patrick Kane winning it. Like it's it's, it's almost his his turn again to win it in a sense because like not not even that he's doing really well. He's got forty four points, you know. But there's just something about the fact that Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are number one and two in points. It just is that a opponents thing? Are they not really playing great defensive opponents? There, are there they, is a little bit of that. Like I will they, admit, there's there is because yeah. there are some bad defenses in the north in the north division that you can't. Uh, I will admit that there is that, and there also is like the idea. Yeah, the, like. Also, when you have Leon Dreisaitl, granted they don't always play on the same line, but when they're on the power play together, like they tend they they have one of the better power plays because of the, those two are on the ice at the same time, and they could just find space, and they're just both very talented. I, I yeah, it's just it's 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 hard to argue that McDavid's is Mc is McDavid's the best player in the world. That's hard to argue against. I guess it's saying who is the who's having the best season this year. Yes, I think McDavid is definitely the best player in the world. Yeah. But I also think if Drysaddle was not on that team, he would not have 60 points. I think he would be much closer to Patrick Kane in points right now if Drysaddle was not on that team. It might be completely false, you, you mm-hmm. know, but it's just that feeling I get that, you know, without Drysaddle on that team, there could be more focus on him when they're not playing on the same line. You know, they teams don't have have to prepare for that second line and they could always roll out their best defensive line against McDavid, which they can't really do because then Eichel, then Dreisaitl will burn you. So, so yeah, um, I would just, before we shift to the uh, Norris conversation, I guess, is would you say that then this could be Austin Matthews year to win the, because he at one point did lead the league in goals and he was on that goal surge and he's kind of looked at it. I don't like to, 
use other sports comparisons, but he's kind of like the Drew Brees of this generation in the sense that he's really good. He's art, he's incredible, but he's in the same, he's in the same class as guys. Like he's in the same years as Nathan McKinnon, Nikita Kucherov and Connor McDavid. And he kind of gets overlooked in that sense. Do you think this is a year where he kind of say like, this is like, this is my year. No. And because I don't think it depends for Matthews to win it. He will have to finish top five in assists. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's sitting at 13th. No, my bad. That was a mistake. I mean, he's kind of the he's way... not even in the top 15 in assists. Yeah, it, the way he plays on that offense, it kind of it kind of doesn't favor him as well to get the assists. But I mean, just if what if he does lead the league in, in goals, you don't think that would get him the uh the 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 heart trophy i yeah not in of itself not with david dreisaitl and patrick uh kane um mm-hmm. i think he doesn't i think he's a little bit of a one-man show and i think that shows in the fact that he doesn't have those assists and yet his uh, uh marner has a load of assists um and so i think that I think that might detract from it. If he pulls those assist stats up by the end of the year, I could definitely see it. But he seems a tad one-dimensional to me. He would have to blow everyone out of the water in goals. Which is not going to happen. Know, in, I, which think. is not going to happen with McDavid right mm-hmm. now. It's He's not going to shatter him. Oh, that outweighs it. Like Everyone in in goals and everything and they were like yeah okay um so yeah i i think it's very hard to see him winning i think it's probably going to be mcdavid or kane okay so i mean between those two i'd you'd say yeah i think mcdavid will win it um i just necessarily don't think he should all right so I guess then let, let me ask you halfway through the year, who do you think the Norris trophy winner? I think we, we kind of like glanced over it a bit. Who do you think should win it this year with, uh, with that in mind? I don't know. It's actually for once in a lifetime, a little bit of a different field. We're not picking from the same three guys that we normally do, but mm-hmm. I do think McAvoy has had a very, at least surprising to me year. Um, and I do think he has the ability to win that Norris Trophy winner, but I don't know if he will. I think it might go to Nurse. So it's very interesting. I was actually going to say Charlie McAvoy is my pick to win the Norris Trophy, because not only because of how he's developed into one of the best defensemen in the game, but because it's easy to forget that the Bruins lost to Dan Chara and lost Tori Krug and are still winning still putting up good defensive numbers and still playing well defensively defense isn't really their their problem and they're playing well on the defensive end and it starts with charlie mcavoy brandon carlo got hurt recently i think he hasn't played recently but uh with that duo of mcavoy and the way he's played on the offensive end i was actually yeah i was gonna pick i i agree that i think mcavoy is my pick but someone that that really has caught my eye is Alec Martinez on the Vegas Golden Knights. He's probably not going to win it, but just as a sleeper guy who's having a very good season in Vegas. I think Marc-Andre Fleury behind him detracts from his ability to win it. 
So uh, I know it's not fair to say to defensemen, but I do think you see that happen. I think you see voters being like, yeah, but you've got Marc-Andre Fleury behind you. So it covers up some mistakes that people don't see. And I see sometimes they tend to not give it to a year where a guy's having a Vezina trophy level year. I think Marc-Andre Fleury in any other normal year would win the Vezina if it wasn't for Vasilevsky's godly year so speaking of vasilevsky don't you think that's the same argument for victor hedman never like not never but like detracting 100 i think it happens all the time i think in in, it also happened in washington and one of Braden holpe's better years john carlson Mm -hmm. didn't win it i I think it happens when you have these goalies who play outstanding years Mm -hmm. um because they're a single player versus a two-man defensive pairing, people are inclined to see that and not see the defensemen. Um, great defensemen lead to better goalie years. It's undoubted, but people see it the other way. Great goalie years lead to better defensive stats. And so I think that tends to detract from it. So I don't see him really winning because of the flurry thing. Um and yeah, McAvoy has Rask, but Rask isn't having that kind of year. Like he's good, but he's not having that kind of year where you can yeah. say, not nah, the goalie having an amazing year kind of thing. So I, I kind of want to bring up the Alec Martinez argument because it's easy to it's easy to forget that Alex Petrangelo was brought in and was expected to be like the big defensive signing was expected to be the leading pair on the leading pairing, probably with Shea Theodore and Petrangelo has got been hurt. I think for most of the season, actually. And what, and with Shea Theodore hasn't played as well. Alec Martinez, if you, if you watch Vegas games has getting, is getting in front of the net, blocking shots, making like getting turnovers. He's having a very good season that you wouldn't know he's having a good season because flurry is having a flurry is having good year. It's also Martinez kind of gets um, discredited in by being on a better team by being on a complete team, but it's someone who really, I think the voters should consider, even though he probably nobody, nobody has them on a rate on their radar, but just having a very good season. So yeah, I, I do. I And I definitely think he stepped up. And by no means what I was saying earlier was detracting from how good I actually think he has been this year. It's we're, we're, we were talking in the framework of the actual award. And I think when it comes to the award voting and the voters, the voters tend to see goaltending overshadow defensemen. But in I still think he's a great defender. And I think without him this year, they would not be nearly as good as they are. Yeah. And with Petrangelo going down, I think it would have once again, some issue shooting them in the foot, you know, have they've had the last couple of years since they made it to the cup in their inaugural year. Um, yeah. It's very interesting to see how deep a roster they have. I guess that kind of, kind of leads us into the next point where like you look at how complete Vegas is and they again dominated the Blues, uh, five with a five-one victory Monday, and the, like you look at how Vegas is real. It's very, it's Vegas kind of just low, low, low key will beat like their the rest of the opponents in the West Division five-one and have the best record significantly. Uh, 
I guess like really, really just any thoughts on that before we kind of like dive into the next so, talking point. Yeah. So, well, when it comes to that division as a whole, the West, mm-hmm. I think it's a very interesting division this year. You know, you've got St. Louis who's been good for a couple of years now, you know, they won the cup, but they just don't seem all that, you know, they have a good record. They have good points. They have whatever, but they still have a minus seven differential. I think it's really going to come down to Vegas and Colorado. I think Minnesota is about a year away from having real cup contender potential. Um, I think depending on the matchup, they could win a series, but I think it's going to come down to Vegas and Colorado because Colorado this year looks really good. Yeah. Uh, when I, healthy, they're really good. I kind of want to get to Colorado in a second, but really quickly uh, on the note, like with the like with the with the blues is you mentioned them what is their what what would be their underlying problem this season if there is any like is there really is there really concern there because if they get into the playoffs they have a chance but is like is there are there like under other issues on the roster that like are actual problems so overall um i think the blues are kind of cursed by the division they're in which has a lot of really good depth teams I think in a different division where there was softer depth, you know, you had some of the, the Toronto's or the Oilers maybe where they were like, they're kind of top heavy a little bit, especially the Toronto, they would be doing better. Um, I just don't think they have the full depth to compete with a team that can roll out line after line after line and beat you down and score on you like Vegas and Colorado can. Um, so I do think that division is going to come down to Vegas and Colorado. And honestly, I'm so excited for that playoff series uh, if they get to a playoff series because I have no clue who's going to win it. And I think whoever wins it has a good chance at the cup. Yeah, I look at the Blues and I agree. Like their issues are really just on the back end in their depth. Like they have they have like their backup goalie, Vili Huso, has struggled this season. It's clear. And Bennington is on and off when he's on, he's on, when he's off, he's off the regular season, uh, which kind of helps him in the postseason. If he's really hot in the postseason, he's just going to carry them. You look at them on the back end of their defense, the back end of their scoring, they have these, they have underlying depth problems. uh, And it is going to cost them in, in a division, which has the avalanche and Vegas in it. Uh, so my my question is, what like who do you, like is is Colorado really just that good? Like in the sense, like we saw how Colorado played, and what's in it? Uh, you saw how we saw they played, and like it, it's like Can when I- they're when they're healthy, how do they lose? That's my question, really. That's how I'm trying. So, and that's kind of been the question the last couple of years. It's they run into health issues. They run into some issues in those long series. If a series gets dragged out to six or seven games, they've seemed to have problems with the longer those series go. I actually think this season is going to help them with that, with the amount of times they're playing their opponents. I think it'll kind of condition them to play a team more than a couple times. Um, really when you get to that five, six, seven game is when they seem to have had the problems in the past. Um, 
So, and I think this might be the year. Everything seems to be clicking right now. Uh, it's kind of a hold your breath moment, really, for them. Hope it yeah. all stays the way it is. Because where they are right now, I think the Vegas would be a seven-game series, high-scoring, also low-scoring games. You know, it's, I think it'd be a very good series. It's so funny when they played in Lake Tahoe, and it's kind of like when you look at that ser- the, the that game that they played, it's like, this is kind of a playoff preview of what's to come. It, you just look at these two teams, just star-studded lineups, and you look at Colorado, their t- when their top line of Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Amiko Ranton are, are in, you have Kale McCarr on the, uh, fr- making plays uh, from the point. It, it, it really is ex- it's exciting to, to just watch them play and watch them play when they're healthy. And I feel like this could be their year uh, to win it all. To, to win the West because of that. Yep. Uh, I I do agree. I think it could be. I also think they're in a division with the Vegas Golden Knights. So, yeah. well, well, who's having a goalie who's having a Vesna trophy year All right. in general. Yeah. Um, uh, so I guess that's all, all the time we have for this week. I feel, uh, I mean, kind of just to, with the call, with Colorado and uh, just to end with the avalanche our, on that last note, and it, it, there is, it did feel on my, like when, like our hearts go out to Boulder, Colorado, uh, for what happened over the course of this week, it, it, it's just terrible, just terrible news. Uh, and th- all the best to the people of Boulder, uh, we wish them well, uh, Shane, you have any, uh, last co- closing words, uh, with, uh, I don't like to end on a sad note, but like any, any last words, uh, based on, uh, for yeah, I think. This week. I think don't want to get any political, but I just think, you know, yeah, we, we see this all the time and we really have to prevent it from seeming like a normality. Yeah. And I think Colorado came out after that and played a game that seemed like they were playing for their city. Yeah. You know, kind of like New Orleans did post Katrina. It was, I was thinking about like how Vegas, when Vegas played their first game, after the mass after the shooting there yes very much like that yeah it it really there really is that like emotional emotional feel it's and yeah hopefully we don't have to see more of those because those are kind of uh because of the of the iron of that uh so anyway i guess that's all the time we have for today's show thank you for watching please uh, thank you for listening that is uh and uh peace